0: Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 49 of the Bonehead Podcast, where we talk all things Blood Bowl. Welcome back, I'm Ben, and as usual, I'm joined by Blood Tithe Ben hello hello hello
1: how you doing buddy you okay yeah really good really good um i've had a had a lot of uh excitement this week reading through all the things we're going to be talking about later so oh i'm really buzzing for this episode
0: goodness me right before we go into our real life catch-up talk ben what are we what are we chatting about on this episode
1: yeah so as just mentioned we're going to be talking about the spell competition winners Um, We'll also be having some first impressions of Blood Bowl 2020, because you've had a game of that, and also our usual games and hobbies. I did. I got to play a
0: game, a real-life game, for the first time in ages, and it is using the Blood Bowl 2020 rules, and we got to play Wood Elves and Skaven, which are two of the most uh, exciting Tier 1 teams, I think, at the moment. I think Skaven have got a little better, Wood Elves have got a little worse, um, and it was important to take to the pitch as quickly as we could with that, so I managed to get a game in. And yes, we've got some spell competition winners to talk through. Man, we had 66 pages. (laughs) (laughs) Literally 66 pages. Like I was adding and compiling throughout the month. uh, And then I sent it to Ben. I was like, hey, buddy, have a look through these. These these, these are really great. And then I went to pick my top few. And um, it kind of dawned on me that there was 66 pages worth. Uh, So (laughs) it must have been on the way to... I don't know, 80, 90 spells or something. I'm not sure we quite hit 100. Um, I do think a couple of the guys gave it a good shot. <laughs> yeah, we had a lot of really good entries. Um, so, yeah. so, so fun. I, so I can't wait to talk through those. So, yeah, we're going to be talking spells. We're going to be talking at the game. And we're going to be talking our usual
1: news and stuff. But before we move into that, Ben, it sounds like you're having a bit of a, a busy week this week. Yeah, busy week, busy week. Things are sort of like getting back to how they were ever so slightly, just in terms of more things going on. Um, I know both of us have had a couple of real life tabletop games since, um, yeah. which has been quite exciting. Um, yeah, you, you are
0: right. It does feel like the world is getting a little bit more back to normal. Whether it's yeah. work or whether it's hobby now, it's quite exciting. I'm just really worried that we will have uh, a round two lockdown, you know, and I'm really worried it's going to happen at the end of September, early October, and therefore ruin Mega Ball for us at the end of October. I just, I really hope it doesn't yeah fingers crossed for that uh, well I, I, let's be really 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 clear obviously i hope that nobody's hurt and that everybody's safe and there's not a, not a lockdown just so we can't play blood bowl i hope there's a lockdown that everyone you know it exactly keeps safe and, but i would also really like to play this tournament because i think it's going to be really fun <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah things that things are ticking over um right then let's uh, let's have a look at the blood Bowl news this week First things first, it's Blood Bowl news at We've Got Some Bits. So before we go full hog in, I feel like we've given enough coverage to the Blood Bowl 2020 leaks for the time being. Ben, wouldn't you agree?
1: Yeah, I think think if there's anything you want to know about that, just go back to some of the uh, older episodes that, both me and Ben, and, but mostly Ben, has been covering because he have been on the ball, I think. Every time it popped up, he've, even if you're at work, you probably made some excuse to go and make a video. <laughs> oh, yeah, my office has been very busy the last couple of weeks. Yeah, no, yeah. so
0: if you want to catch up on Blood Bowl, uh, Blood Bowl 2020 uh, spoilers and everything like that, we've done a couple of episodes talking about the rules, what they're seeing from the leaks, and we've done one really in-depth episode um, covering our initial impressions of the impact Blood Bowl 2020 will have for every single mainstream team. Um, so if you are thinking, yeah. oh, how are my Orcs going to play? Jump on in. You may not agree with us, but that, that's where our initial impressions and we brought on Ben Davy, the Bonehead Bowl 19 champion, to talk through it as well. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to doing some more content, looking at teams and looking at format as we move forward and we get a chance to experiment more and explore more and, and get feedback from uh, from you guys. In fact, had a few people message us and say, hey, did you know this? Hey, have you seen this? And uh, we were going to do a... Uh, blood bowl sort of take two like here's the next bunch of stuff we've seen but i got a game in instead so i'd rather talk about how the game actually played and then we'll, we'll do another episode or another i'll do another something with someone uh compiling all of the little changes so the fact that the star players now have special powers and can be taken mm-hmm. from different teams it really does affect um the the tournament builds like massively but that's going to take a bit of work
1: I'm for now isn't it
0: Oh, it's so exciting, man! I've, I was reading through some of the star player powers today, and um, they
1: they have actual powers once a game Powers like it's really, yeah. really, really cool. But that sort of thing is that like Carl von Kill can like double her strength. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I saw that as well. They said yeah, uh, basically she can double her strength to one more than
0: their opponent or something. I don't know. She can get like strength fourteen. Um, yeah, but awesome. the, the most amazing thing for me is that the different star players that can now be taken on teams, or at least you know, mm. you're kind of used to the same R of players. Like, Willow is no longer on Halflings, but she can now play for Elves. Roxana can play for every Elf team now. Oh, wow. Right. Okay. Cool. Which oh, is yeah. Too much really, that. really... Yeah. So there's a lot there, and we, we will explore some of that. So please do keep messaging. But for now, Blood Bowl news. Uh, for other stuff, we got messaged by a chap who has built these. So Manifested Miniatures. Um, this is another 3D print thing. I know we do a lot of those at the moment because that... I think, given the lockdown, it's probably been where the most of the creativity has gone. So we're looking at manifested miniatures on my miniature, on my mini factory. And um, I feel like we may have covered these before. They're called the Reserve Roosters and they are quite cartoony looking goblins.
1: Uh, they remind me of like sort of Adventure Time in their aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, that's they, right. They <laughs> they do have that kind of uh, creepy cartoon look about them. yeah. I quite like them actually. <laughs> yeah, they've got
0: either. they've got stretch proportions. Uh, some of them are um, typical goblins. Some of them kind of like just look like weird creatures. Um, you've got some being piggybacked. You've got massive mouths. You've got little guys. The details on the sculpts look
1: really really good. I uh, know. I think it's a real like kind of good example of capturing like motion in a lot of them. It's really impressive. Some of it. <laughs> yeah.
0: The pogoer, for example, uh, yeah. <laughs> massive ears, but just like literally just bouncing along on the pogo. It's really good. Some of these. Sculpts are really quite cool. Um, They are expensive, though. Uh, Uh, So the STL files for the entire team are $35, Ben.
1: That is on the high end for STL files. Yeah, it is. I think it is. I really do think it is. So it's 12 goblins in here um,
0: for $35, which is... We're gonna we're gonna look at something else that's coming up on Kickstarter soon that would get you a full plastic team for thirty five dollars. So it's it's yeah. on the high side. However, if you are up for an interesting goblin team or something something cool, then that's definitely it. One thing I do like is that they are just four dollars each instead. So if you particularly wanted. Uh, a goblin or the ones riding around on each other or the pogo stick, for $4 you can get one and you can print it out. That I like. I think that's the danger zone if you have a printer or a friend with a printer. Isn't that right,
1: Ben? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, as long as you are Price it accordingly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Make sure it's all good. So that is the
0: Reserve Roosters team. If you give them a Google uh, Manifested Miniatures, um, I'm looking forward to seeing what else is going to come from these guys. Because uh, mm. it's quite good to have something different.
1: Yeah, it's some good art as well. So yeah. Oh, and on the STL
0: front, I thought we'd mention this. A couple of guys have mentioned, have messaged us with this. It's the Cast and Play
1: uh, Snotling Pump Wagon Contest. Uh-huh. This is awesome. So uh, if, if you're sort of into like the hobby and following sort of hobby on, on YouTube and all of that, you've probably heard of uh, Town Hobbies. He's an awesome creator. Um, he's just really he's like the Bob Ross of painting, really. And I think I, maybe I've used that a couple of times in the past too often, but uh, he's just so chill. And he like every time you watch a video, you just want to go and paint because he makes it just he just sort of leaks enjoyment of the hobby. And uh, he's done a couple of collaborations with patreons and 3d printing patrons in particular in the past and cast and play are a pretty massive one and um so he's got a video on this as um about making this so i'd recommend giving that a watch because this is basically a customized pump wagon kit for free they let you have it for free and you basically just get a bunch of stuff and can make any wagon i think he did three on his video and they're all completely different i think and- those are
0: the three painted versions we've seen then
1: like with the sails, yes. Pr- yes. yeah, yeah. Those are the ones, yeah, so the ones he, those painted ones on the Patreon page are the ones he painted in the video. Um, yeah, awesome, right? And what good timing? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, great timing. Um, so yeah,
0: if you've got a 3D printer, you can print these files out, and they're doing a competition where you take the pieces that are printed and uh, bash them together to create your own custom pump wagon, and get it painted and get mm. it entered. I think it's really cool, and if we can trick Ben, if he's got some time. To print out some stuff that could be really fun but yeah the problem is now it's very exciting however we've got what eight days until the snotling team lands um so i don't know by the time you printed these and you got round to it it's going to be time to paint our next bit of news the real snotlicks yes (laughs) Uh, perfectly segwayed well you know we've had a bit of practice now we're 63 episodes in (laughs) (laughs) Already 63 downloads in anyway right so uh leading into this if you're listening to the podcast on the day this comes out which is saturday the 22nd then the snotlings are up for pre-order uh we have uh we'll be pre-ordering our several copies through entoyment uh so if you are um in england and you fancy go with a decent retailer then please support entoyment they help us uh they support us with things like prizes so we've got uh We've got a couple of prizes of theirs that we're in the, in the bank, ready to go away with. Um, and uh, we are, we're going to be ordering the heck out of these snotlings. We'll be doing an unboxing. Um, Games Workshop keep
1: dropping these things on us really, really quickly, though, Ben. I know you and I yeah. talked about this the other episode, didn't we? It's just it doesn't give you time to react. Like It's just like, oh, here's the, we've, we've been typing and typing this up. Oh, it's coming next week yeah quick. <laughs> and that's it you've now got nine days yeah. quickly um so it's
0: gonna be really good to us and, and let's film an unboxing if it d- depends how early it comes in i'll either film it friday or wednesday um and i'll get it out uh, on thursday or friday depending on how quickly we can get it done and then yeah um, yeah me ben ian we're all getting a snotling team each and uh, i don't know hopefully we can find time to put in some kind of a hobby stream or just something about building them just to have a bit of fun can't promise anything because i uh well the house move is just wrecking mm-hmm. my life a treat at the moment uh, but if we can we will and uh, yeah we've spoken about the snotlings millions of times the pump wagons are cool the miniatures are cool they look like that's just so much fun to paint and yeah, they really do.
1: everybody's in one box Ah, oh, that's awesome, right? It's... We discussed about that, like saying, will they be in one box? Are they going to split the pump wagons? Nope, everything is there. You don't get the trolls, but, you know... That is there's true. There's a million ways to get trolls. You do need to find some trolls. <laughs> yeah, there is a million ways to get trolls. I do recommend the yeah. Rock Gut Trogoths
0: from AOS. Yeah. And um, you get Ripper as well, right? You get a third one. Whoa, Ripper isn't in Blood Bowl 2020. What? Yeah, he didn't, make, he didn't make the list which is oh, interesting. Wow. yes yeah, go- oh, horrible for Goblin teams. He doesn't have a star player model, so he's not in the book. There's only four stars in the book that uh, that don't have a star player model. It's the uh, Run Below Sheepskin, it's Gretchen, and Eadwarg. I can't remember the other two. But there's, I think there's,
1: there's two more. Yep. I saw recently on... The official blog page—they had a post about Ripper. I swear, they had a little highlight thing for they Ripper. Yeah, actually they actually did one day ago. Yeah, they yeah. did. I know, What's I saw about? it myself. But it's not in the book. Well,
0: remember, the book isn't uh, remotely supposed to be out <laughs> anytime. Yeah, <that's> very true. <laughs> like the spoilers, and this is the thing we've got to remember: is we've seen these spoilers, and everyone's saying, "Oh, the Spike magazine is coming out," but it's ridiculous because the version's about to end. Well, yeah, but we don't know how far in
1: advance we are seeing this spoiler. Uh, so, mm. although it feels a bit brutal, but maybe he's going to get a, a standalone mini release and all his rules will come with that. Well, maybe that's, uh, that's definitely one way they could do it. I'm, Yeah. That is definitely a
0: way they could do it. I, I, I don't know. You know, I've been saying for ages, they'll do a star player book because they did it in second edition and it was really cool. I think they'll do the same thing. I think we'll get a star player book um, yeah. as an expansion or maybe just a PDF, but
1: I'm just going to check the downloaded 100 i'll be surprised he's not such nuked. a star staple like a staple star player i know I feel like he needs to be in the new blood Bowl. zolkath the zote scroll half mm-hmm. height rum sheepskin
0: and oh glorial summer bloom and gretchen wachter the blood bowl widow those are the star players that are in the book that don't have models yet otherwise everybody else without a model is not in there so we've lost Skitter we've lost um, Ripper there's a lot uh, that's what I said at the beginning is that we're finding out as we we're exploring we we're coming to realisation of oh this meta has really changed um, and you know what four years is a reasonable season length of Games I want to call it that yeah yeah that seems about right and it's going to be better as more and more of the teams become available anyway uh, talking of available teams you can order The Snotling team now and get it. And hopefully, we're going to do some creative stuff, but no promises. It all depends on real life at the moment, to be honest with you. Mm. Okay, so Snotlings. Snotlings news is done. Next up, we've got Norber Miniatures. We talked about these a couple of episodes ago. This was uh, some Bretonian models that we saw. And uh, the campaign, their Kickstarter campaign, is going to be going live on September the 5th. And uh, this team of 16 Bretonian figures,
1: 25 euros. Incredible. And they've confirmed in one of the comments three days ago, have. it's physical.
0: Yep, it's physical. Now, we've ordered uh, some knights from them, so we can get a look at how their detailed plastic is. We've got... I've got a, dispatch notification at the beginning of the week so hopefully this week we'll get them and hopefully i send them to my new address <laughs> that would be awful <laughs> um so we can have a look at the kind of quality of the models i imagine they're going to be the same size so it, i don't know but anyway this goes live on mm. the fifth and what you get is uh one two three four knights and i say knights because they're armored dudes with knight helmets with uh, fancy mascots on the top as well yes um, so you get four of those and the design of the rest of the guys, uh, you got some what looked like kind of uh, Napoleonic um, chasseurs, like French, basically armoured guys with open faces. One, two, three, four of those. And then you got a bunch of normal guys who look very much more empire in design. You know, they've got the, they've got the feathers. They look very much like the Imperial Nobility team. So Ben, I what, what, gonna say. what do, you, do you
1: think? What do you think? I think it's. You know, I kind of feel for these guys because I feel like this team would have made a perfect Imperial Nobility team. Obviously, Nobility and Bretonians have a lot of design sort of crossover. Yes. Um, That's a very, so... very
0: politically correct way of putting it.
1: Yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> don't want any more flame comments saying that the Nobility are not Bretonian. Like, yes. We know. But but design is... wise, they have a lot of similarities. Yes. Yes, um, they do. So, I you know it actually might help them initially i was thinking oh kind of it sucks because Bretonians. you know we still don't know 100 percent if they're gonna have Bowl 2020 rules i'm sure community will make them but um yeah i i feel like it could work out for them actually because they could have stretch goals on their kickstarter if they wanted to to be like have a few extra positionals and then you can have an alternate nobility team ben i hadn't even considered that uh Mm. about stretch goals however if you look at
0: the pieces you've got you've got Four knights. All right, you only need two essentially for the nobility team. Four bodyguards, and you know what? Four bodyguards is what you need for the nobility. So all you're really missing is a an ogre, and yeah. uh, you get one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight linemen, which is plenty. So in a team of yeah. sixteen. Okay, you got too, too many knights, but they make great miniatures anyway. So what you essentially get out of this is a CRP Blood protonian team that could be used immediately for a 2020 nobility team or, I don't know, whatever else you... however you want to run them. I just... as long as the models are of a suitable size, the this is probably going to be one of the best third-party releases to hit during this 2020 crossover phase. Absolutely. Um, and, you know... It is a shame that they are landing, though, as you say, at the point at which Bretonian could drop off. Um, however, nobility is right there, so if you ever wanted a Bretonian team but didn't want to pay seventy pounds for some of the really great ones out there, twenty-five euros plus they—they they said it might be six euros of postage or something, so that's about thirty pounds all in for a Bretonian team. I'll—I'll I'll take one. I'll take. Yeah, it's pretty one. awesome. It's going to be really cool. So we'll be—we'll yeah. be backing this. Uh, I've already messaged him to see if we can get. Um, one to have a look at, uh, but they are French or Spanish, so I don't know if that's gonna all that very well. But you know, I did try, I did try. So yeah, team is coming and they look good. I love the look of the knights; they're very dynamic. The bodyguards are not dynamic; they are all in unison, but that works. And uh, you know, you've got the the lineman with bottles and knives and forks and things. It's just very cool. It just looks like a really good team. It does. I'm excited for that one. Yeah, me too. And we have covered all of the miniatures news. Let me just bounce back to the show notes and see what else we've got to cover. Oh, yeah. Kyle slash Olaf Slayer, uh, who's been a great supporter of the podcast ever since I think we've gone live, has launched his own podcast. It's not about Blood Bowl. It's about the Mutant Football League, which I think is a podcast. PlayStation game or something that has similarities to uh, to Blood Bowl and it's called uh, Shift in Power uh, so if you are a Mutant Football League fan check it out and then of course we have to mention Mega Ball we've already mentioned it once but on Saturday the 31st of October we have got planned our next physical tournament and Entoyment Tickets are live on the website now, at £10, and that's just so we can get a good prize pool and support in tournament. We've already got a ton of prizes ready for that. So if you are able to come to that tournament, do come to that tournament, it's going to be an interesting format. Got a billion teams or 420 different teams to choose from. Uh, and there's going to be two games of 11s and two games of sevens. So if you've been missing playing Blood Bowl and want to get a load of craziness in one day with a load of prizes, just come along to that because it's going to be really, really good fun. Um, we already said if uh, if we get another lockdown what we'll do is we'll run some Fumble events to support it as well um, so that we get basically a bit of a celebration of Blood Bowl um, and I suppose now is a very good time to remind you that we have still got our short story competition live um, and that is live until the end of September what we want is a story of we, we recommend a limit of 3,000 words but really whatever works for you and uh, the winner will get a custom mat from Maelstrom Gaming um you work with them to design it so whether you want a logo or anything I'm more than happy to help out and uh, we'll do an audio version of the book and that is in in conjunction with rob of secret carnage or north Wales carnage cup um who has arranged for andy hall to be our uh, celebrity um guest judge that is so exciting which i'm is, so excited for that which is really cool and i tell you what man we've had a few yeah. entries already which is so exciting Ooh, and oh sorry. dude it's so nice i need to share these with you it's like people are saying this has really inspired me like everything's horrible at the moment but this has inspired me to spend a bit of time just being creative and writing a story and that is really awesome it is so cool to see and they're such good fun and i'm already gearing up to do audio versions of, of the ones we've had in yeah. anyway because i just think i just want to share these stories and oh, it's just great fun
1: yeah you're good at it too man it's gonna be good oh, thanks, it's, right. it's, really it's good, good
0: fun it's good fun right
1: yeah that oh is... sorry i wanted what to say right what we got? What hot, got? New, hot fresh news on Bowl. i think as of today i'll be able to attend are you kidding i think we're postponing the holiday oh that's be there i don't know
0: how to feel about that on record Uh,
1: (laughs) oh oh no oh no
0: no look as long as (laughs) you are postponing in a good planned way we're not going to lose out then i am over the moon man
1: yeah all good that's good
0: good. that's good and 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 the girlfriend is all right yeah and this has definitely not happened just so you can play
1: Uh, definitely not just to attend
0: the Blood tournament. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. We're already getting a good bunch. And Ben, if you're going to be there as well, that's going to be absolutely awesome. Um, oh, it's yeah. getting exciting. Three months to go. Two months to go? Two and a half months to go. Uh, oh, we get to start building up proper soon. Uh, that I'm looking forward to having that as like the next tournament that we can go to because it should just be nonsense and it should just be a load of fun and we should see some of our regular coaches and i know we've, we've had loads of messages from some of our newer coaches who said actually i'm going to be in the area or the wife has said i can come play so it should <laughs> just be so a, a great day of playing blood bowl with some great coaches so very happy with that okay um i think we've covered everything news-wise let's have a little chat about hobby And it's hobby time so ben and i said at the beginning that real life has been quite busy but ben have you managed to get any hobby or games in
1: uh both yeah i mean hobby is kind of continually good um i've been cracking away a bit at the fanath dwarves um i lost a bit of motivation when we saw the roster um but yeah uh they're good fun they're good fun i think i got a scheme down i worked on a scheme live i think with uh, matt's pbl and a couple of guys joined a stream which was really good fun Oh, wicked. Um, yeah, that was a really, really nice, chill evening. Uh, and yeah, yeah, i was kind of just been cracking away at that, and also a bit of 4K, all sorts, really been quite good. When you say uh, lost a bit of steam when you saw the roster,
0: do you see what you mean that the dwarf roster didn't change? Dwarf. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got my hopes up. That's why I was cracking uh, away at the dwarves. I'm just thinking, oh yeah, I can use this new arm bar and stuff. But yeah, when we yeah. saw the
0: the OWA, the dwarf from that, uh, mm. have very different skills we thought this is going to be an interesting change. And then um, I was personally of the opinion that there was a small chance that maybe the death roller would be more fun. Um, yep. And neither of those things happened. Dwarves stayed exactly the same, basically, in every, <laughs> every way except that the roller got more expensive. So even less people are going to be taking it. Um, yeah. So I, I just don't know. I might just use my Death Roller as Grim Iron jaw And I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just want to get it on the
1: pitch. Yeah. I, I might just run a Death Roller, you know? Nerf the Dwarves by taking a Death Roller. <laughs> what is it? Like 170k now, though? Yeah. Oh, well. Looks good for a drive
0: it does look so 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 good um hobby wise what have we got going so i got my blood bowl gaming which i'm very 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 happy with and my hobby has been real life hobby at the moment i know i've been mm. talking about it for a while but we've been doing the move we've been doing decorating and literally this is the last day i'll be in the house everything got moved forward by like a week as well which didn't help oh, <laughs> so no. uh so the last thing in my house is the light the camera the table the pc and the kettle obviously because it's me so <laughs> it's literally everything else is empty in the house so uh, as soon as we wrap up the episode today i'm going to take the studio down and chuck it into storage and then uh, find a way to make it all fit in the new place so um the video content might take a blip however i'm off uh, monday and wednesday next week like just because of how my pattern works and uh, I think Tiff's working both those days, so I might take that as an opportunity to try and find a quarter to accidentally rebuild the YouTube studio. Mm. Um, the cool thing that is, was... because of the green screen, <laughs> no one will know where it is as long as the yeah. lighting's okay. Oh, but the studio—the studio, the studio uh, took a proper um, badly hurt casualty result. Uh, so half the oh, no. YouTube room was this Tiff's makeup stuff, and half the room is the YouTube stuff, and. Um, while she was emptying the drawer, basically, my overhead lighting rig took a tumble, took out the lighting rig, took out the tripod, and uh, unfortunately, it damaged a little bit of that giant you 3D printed for me, Ben. Oh, no, it's fine. I, I can get you another bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. It's just a few of the spikes at the top have taken a bit of a hurting, but because it's kind that's of fine. cracked metal look effect anyway, it's all right. Uh, yeah. And I'm sure when I pack up the last bits of my painting table, I find, I find a couple more casualties, but these things happen. Um, so i've jury rigged a light together today just to make this last session work Uh, (laughs) so
1: like getting the duct tape out (laughs) literally
0: electrical taped another lighting unit to a pole it's worked all right um but yeah so real world hobby has been reconstructing that and then obviously trying to find a new space for it um because literally every other minute has been
1: either moving house or just keeping up to date with the blood bowl 2020 stuff that's come out (laughs) Because I'm looking forward to the uh the snotling live unboxing from like the back of Entoyment or below the local Aldi <laughs> or something <else. laughs> well, Yeah, I could do it live from Entoyment actually. I don't know how they I don't know how good their internet is. I don't know. Yeah, and, and you know, obviously distancing and stuff like that. Remaining. Yeah. In, in well short. they're really good. They they let it. us
0: they let us use the um I see, this is it. We need this is it. The Games Workshop needs to give us a little bit more notice so that you and I can free up a Thursday so we can go do an unboxing at Entoyment with more than like three and a half hours' notice. Games Workshop, um, because they always let us use their RPG rooms, so they've got a couple of RPG rooms that are you can hire oh, them out, awesome. yeah. And they've got big tables, and it's all like well, it's all really, really well decorated. Like, you've got brick effect walls, you've got shells with skulls on it, it's really, really cool. Oh, so, amazing. We could go and film in there. In fact, we're always welcome to go and film in there anyway, Ben. Um, oh, well, brilliant. In fact, we, some- we probably yeah. should do something there, because it's a really cool setting.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, wow, well, I didn't know about that. <laughs> I didn't even consider uh, it. full of surprises. Entertainment uh, is amazing. If you are anywhere near Pool in in the UK,
0: do check out in Toyman. They've had a yeah. complete remake. Uh, they've uh, since the uh, since the apocalypse closed everything down because they had to close for a few weeks. They took it as an opportunity to remodel downstairs, which means their food counter looks really, really nice now. Um, and now oh. they've got more space
1: for games downstairs as well. So it's oh, just speaking of games, like literally last week, I bought a uh, pandemic from them. Pandemic legacy and playing that with the, with the girlfriend
0: oh man
1: my first game last night and it's a really good game oh, yeah it's not uh, not blood bowl but you, you know every, have you lost city. any have you lost any cities yet uh yeah oh our starting city collapsed into riot and destroyed our research station <laughs> on the first go but oh that's no fine. not the research
0: station <laughs> yeah. no tiff and i've been yeah, playing but, through that as well um where are oh, we awesome. i think we're april or may and um one of the yellow cities like right down at the bottom has just gone like it's just gone it's just got all the stickers and it's all gone yeah yeah, it's cool um i I love that gaming system that's great it's really good fun yeah really good fun wonder if there's room for blood bowl pandemic that'd be interesting (laughs) that might be a stretch even for me how can we get pandemic into blood bowl with giants and wizards i think we've had (laughs) enough
1: of pandemic affecting
0: blood bowl (laughs) i know it seems really callous to play that game but it kind of brought my attention um before Wobble really took off, our group was playing Pandemic Legacy. And I think we got to about May and lost interest. Uh, actually, that's not true. It was, about, it was when Pokemon Go came out. Because I remember we were trying to play a game and Craig just wandered off with a couple of the other guys to go and catch Pokemon in the street. It was very strange. <laughs> it was very surreal. I miss those days. Yeah, I know. It was crazy. Um, <laughs> and I got to go to a game tonight. I'm going to talk about the game and, and my experiences of Blood Bowl 2020 at the end of the show. But it was really cool. We went to, uh, Craig's dad manages this um, cafe place in, mm-hmm. in in Totten. So we went there just as like a first trial. Uh, and there was only four of us, but the social distancing was cool. It was really weird to be around gamers again. Um, yeah, yeah we, I bet. We had like, you know, hand sanitizer, masks, everything. We didn't, we didn't keep the masks on in the end. And we were very careful not to move each other's models, um, which... <laughs> when you're pushing people's models away, when you when you roll, keep rolling pushes in Blood Bowl, um, and you can only touch your models, <laughs> tight, you end up doing yeah. that. You know the chess thing where like you move one piece and it takes another piece out of the way. Just kind of spent our time <laughs> shoveling. Like I was using the base of my model to use the move the bit of his Wood Elf guy, and it was it was quite wow.
1: entertaining. It's really really surreal playing games again for the first time. Yeah, um, I bet. Best not get corn out. And all the frenzy. Yeah. The game, frenzy. The team to play. yeah
0: I, I just well, this is gonna be even worse with snotlings when you can run twelve to fourteen players on the pitch yeah. at any time anyway. Uh sidestep. Oh my yep. god, sidestep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sidestep during the pandemic. At least you're supposed to be your own guy anyway. Um it yeah. was it was cool to game. Uh um hopefully we'll be able to get some more games in soon. I know you were maybe gonna be playing some kill team, but real life slowed you down a bit. Yeah,
1: yeah. at least I've I've had a couple of 40k games um, starting the new Crusade system, but that's just with a close friend who lives nearby and kind of just slowly branching out. Ah, that's cool. Yeah. But I I think the coolest thing of all is you said, uh, you know, if you want to start filming
0: some YouTube games soon, we can do that. So I'm like, (laughs) this is amazing. This is why I definitely want to get the YouTube space up and running, because then we can finish 7 Super Series and start genuinely panicking about what the heck we do for Season 3, whether we use 2020 rules or 2016 rules and everything. Yeah. I look forward to that panic. That sounds like fun panic. That is a fun panic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Panic only results in games.
0: Uh, Yeah. Well, you know, the more you can get into Blood Bowl, the better. Um, So uh, that's probably why uh, we got nearly 100 entries for for spells. Mm. And uh, should should we have a look at some of the top ones, Ben? Yeah, let's do it. All right. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back with Wizards. So way back when Blood Bowl 2020 was just a rumor, we uh, we posted a competition and it was to design a wizard slash spell for Blood Bowl. Because Games Workshop, they've, uh, when they introduced the spikes, they introduced new wizards for most of the races. And some of them are garbage. Some of them are really interesting. But there's so much design space, we thought, actually, you guys out there with your crazy ideas, uh, not that I'm blaming you or taking the blame off me being an enabler in any way, shape, or form, um, but we thought actually let's chuck this out. Let's all have a crack at designing some spells. And uh, yeah, sixty-six pages of entries later, uh, we've got some insanely mm. good ones. Um, what? There's there is too many for us to, to read through. There, I actually yeah. started compiling a list of people who'd sent in with a very brief description of what their spell was, and I just one to I got I just I lost I lost it. I couldn't. Uh, so. <laughs> there's just so many there was three pages alone of the roll of honor and i just i was like this is crazy i thought you know it'd be quite cool if we got 15 we could just say hey this one did this spell this was cool this was cool but there's just going to be far too many so what ben and i have done is chosen very difficultly uh with great difficulty i should say our top three and uh what we're going to do is we each talk about our top three and then we're just going to roll ad6 uh to determine the winner and Thanks to Entoyment, we do have an Underworld team box of the new team to give away. So uh, we will talk through our top six. We'll roll the dice, determine the winner and uh, get in contact with the winner for that and let them know that they've got a Blood Bowl team waiting for them. So uh, with no further ado,
1: Ben, do you want to hit us with your first one? Yeah, so like, like Ben said, there was so many too many to say them all but I can promise you we've read them all and they're all excellent um I will start with the first one which caught my attention which is from Matt's BBL Ah, uh, um, yes he has submitted quite a lot he's, he's been hard at work here I think he might have got confused with the 3000 word story because <laughs> 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 there is a lot here <laughs> Um, yeah, Ben, and, he he did pop a few through actually. Which uh, which one did you which one did you go through in the end? Yeah, so he's given some with like there's like a ram for halflings, there's a goblin money mage. Um, but the one that really <laughs> caught my attention was the maelstrom. Oh so, yes, the
0: endless spell. Now Ben yeah. Ben
1: says rams, but
0: at the brief it it is a hilarious spell involving transdimensional goats which which i was like i need to need to get a mention of that one in but no this one
1: is the endless spell okay yes so this is talk us through it's a very interesting take on the wizard so it becomes so basically he said a chaos priest has become too ambitious in their bid to bring blessings upon their team they've brought upon a dark apotheosis they thought they could control the maelstrom they have no idea what they've done this spell comes into effect at the beginning of the game. The weather is always nice, and the kickoff table is replaced with instead a maelstrom table. So I just really like this just because it feels like it's like a lot of wizards or a lot of spells combined into one. Um, uh, he's also said before I go into it, design notes, balance wasn't his concern here. He <laughs> <laughs> may poke with the balancing of it a little bit in future. Uh, most of the kickoff results are a result of me having a fun idea and just rolling with it, which I, I like. Um, so... I'll, I'll go through just them briefly. Um, if you get a 2, you get Black Obelisks, where 2d6 obelisks appear on the pitch and as physical objects, and then your players pushed into them as an armor roll, so that's pretty cool. Um, unholy Endurance, where everyone gets a thick skull. But Mockery of Life, where the ball will like stab you if you fail to pick it up <laughs> or drop it. Um, I like <laughs> that. Yeah, Arc of Chaos, where bolts of lightning... Uh, so kind of stun... Each so each coach stuns a player on the opposite side, um, chanting fans. So the crowd's will is not their own. They chanting gibber, unsettling the players. Minus one to pass, intercepting, catch. So kind of like a blizzard, um, sort of. Yeah. Shifting yeah. patterns. Yeah. So the ball scatters additional two times. Hive mind. So uh, there's each coach rolling two d uh, rolling a d three, adding their fame. The higher gets an extra reroll. So it's kind of a standard kickoff result. Um, this is pretty cool. Apotheosis. So every player's strength 5 or above gains tentacles. That's very Akira. Yeah. <laughs> uh, molten form. Um, two, D3 players gain the claw. Maelstrom's rage. Uh, Bolts of lightning carved through the pitch. Uh, on a roll of a 6, a player is knocked down. The armor roll, arm roll, oh, arm is rolled as if they're knocked down with a mighty blow skill. Kind of like a lightning strike on that's D6 like a, That's like a... That's interesting. I like that one. That's kind of like a, yeah. a toned-down pitch invasion. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. With that unaffected by fame and kind of does more damage. Mm. Um, and then 12, Warping Minds. So the touch of the outer gods is too much for the referee and his mind is broken to do much of his job. Yeah, the coach can add any amount of players in the reserves <laughs> box to <of> the pitch. <laughs> this allows coaches to fill more than 11 players at the time. Yes. this is awesome. That is very yeah. cool um yeah he had a lot of these he had a totemic shaman as well um but just this one i kind of feel like as a chaos fan i like the idea and uh, particularly the black obelisks which is kind of what i wanted to highlight and i think it's a really interesting take to sort of summon objects that persist and hang around we had quite a lot of that obviously with endless spell features. um yeah sort of permanent objects that have an impact on the game not necessarily you know, it's kind of a symmetrical effect. You'll hurt your team as well, but obviously, you want to take on a team where you're going to get most of the benefit against the team, which isn't so obviously like a chaos team. And from a um, from a design perspective as well, it's very clever to have a spell that then it impacts
0: the kickoff table yeah. rather than actually having an immediate effect. It's like a it's like a, an aura, like a world aura, like it just changes yes. the plane. I think that's something that they you get that from stadiums, but actually being able to enable your own Kickoff table is—it's it's an extra element that I had—I hadn't even considered from a like a no.
1: a tactical point of view.
0: That's really cool.
1: Yeah, I like it a lot. Oh, um, good man. I don't think I'd replace the kickoff table. I think I'd do it in addition to just so the other person, you know, if they got a lot of fan factor and stuff, they'd still use that. That um, yeah,
0: that is true. Yeah. Um, and uh, especially with games virtual, changing the kickoff table now, uh, getting to roll both, I think is probably good. I like the way the lightning strike is like. Was it D three or D six players?
1: Uh I think it's actually on D six for each player, but you know. <laughs> Ooh, right, okay. <laughs> so it is like a big <laughs> like mega. Dude, that's crazy. I like yeah. that. That's very good. Uh did Matt put a load of effort in. He did, um, yeah. So big big mention to that. Uh what well
0: on Matt. Good work with that one. So talking of things that stay on the pitch, uh I think I think just let me check. Ben's chosen ones there's that one there's that one and there's that one cool so I can talk about this one which is a uh, big mech Milt um, which is Milton friend of the podcast actually one of our local gamers uh, he just twigged on to the endless spell element um, wizard celestial college one hundred and fifty thousand, twin tailed comet caster chooses a square from the end zone and rolls d3 for direction and 2d6 for distance the square in which the comet lands is considered the centre and covers the surrounding eight squares for nine in total. Anything underneath is moved to the nearest empty adjacent square the owning coach chooses uh, in sequence, starting with the casting team. So that's actually well thought out from a rules point of view and takes an injury role. The ground or the square where the comet fell is no longer usable for the rest of the game. If after the initial roll, the comet is considered off the pitch, the crowd gets hit, causing panic confusion and multiple (laughs) fatalities. As such, such, the caster receives a minus one to uh, fame uh, for the rest of the game. Um, Design notes, the spell is from the caster's end zone, so it ensures that if the comet lands, then it lands in your own half. This stops abuse just by casting after kickoff and hoping you knock out half of the opposing team. It will narrow the field of play, which can prove advantageous in the defending the end zone and creating a funnel to block the opposing team. It also gives you a last-ditch attempt at knocking over a ball carrier in your half uh, who's going to score soon, uh, or if they've caged up in your own half of the pitch. Uh, It does come at the cost of massively reducing where you can set up, and the potential of squashing your own players who, on average, spend more time in your own half uh that's because milton's an orc player uh in addition to the risk of killing your hard-earned fans and losing fan factor at the end of the game um having only had a chance to read a few of the previous entries i hope I haven't come up with anything too similar to anyone else or even if something's already in the game that i've not seen uh i had good fun writing these and structured them around some minis i already own so he's used is that one of the uh stormcast elemental spells uh endless spells? Uh, yes yes i believe it is he sent a picture of it on a seven nap. also the seventh pitch looks nicer in the photos than any of my full-size pitches so you'll have to forgive me <laughs> we will forgive you for using a bonehead podcast sevens man. um okay so things i love about this i really like the fact that it massively just destroys nine squares he's thought through yeah. the rules of actually getting those players shoved out of the way because it just hits that and then the fact that that square is then off limits to the end of the game yes just one square uh, I don't know, I just think it's really cool. You get another miniature on the board. Yeah, it doesn't do anything afterwards. So, you know, I mean, you've pulled that up in, in Matt's with the with the, the black pillar things. Like mm-hmm. having a spell that therefore impacts the picture of the rest of the game. I just think this is in that middle power zone where it's not like I cast this spell, I auto win. It's I cast this spell, it does a thing that we're all going to see. And then it just stays there for the rest of the day. I think it's really cool. I think it was good. And it was, uh, you know, the fact he's got his miniatures out and (laughs) knocked them all over to demonstrate, I thought was really good as well. So that was a very cool
1: one from Milton, the Twin-Tailed Comet. Mm. So I'll I'll add something I liked about it as well. Having these big effects affect the crowd watching. I always love Because We had a few people recommend this and it will tie into my next one which is kind of why I brought it up. But just having having that impact where you remember it's a game where people are watching and obviously this wizard is going to be a big deal to them. Um, I just really like that. That's, that's awesome. Yep, those spells affecting the crowd. Pretty tough. Yes. Uh, I can see you're already looking at your next one, Ben. Yes. So this is from Puckster. He has made the Orc Shaman. developed available to Orc and Savage Orc teams. And I like that little uh, secret team plug. Oh, yeah. um,
0: Maybe it should have Black Orc teams as well
1: oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> so he says um once per game the orc shaman tapping into the raw excitement and energy from the crowd drops to its knees foaming at the mouth psychic energy encircling it and starts shaping and directing the power into the form of Gork or possibly mork on the pitch and the start of the end and the start of- at the end or start of any turn even after a turnover choose an empty square on the pitch and roll 2d6 If the dice result was a double a hush comes over the crowd in fear or reverence at one of the green gods appearing in their midst our having dissipated from the crowd, the god form vanishes before it solidifies, and the spell ends. So, on a any double, other re- the spell goes away. Yes. Okay, that's cool. So, that's, that's... any other result, the form of Gork or possibly Mork manifests on the chosen square and immediately blocks every adjacent standing player, including friendly ones. So, you pretty pretty much a, a figure appears and punches everyone around them. Resolve a block against each player in turn using normal rules for assists as if being blitzed from the chosen square by a player with the strength of the dice result plus fame and using the juggernaut and mighty blow skills. The order of the blocks is decided by the controlling coach. If um, a skull is chosen, the spell ends without causing a turnover, and the shaman is overloaded with a psychic feedback exploding in a shower of green warp energy and very possibly guts. <laughs> Humiliated, the orcs now have minus one fame, which affects the winnings too. Sub to pay for all the cleanup. So pretty much he's... uh, he Yeah, he basically summon an effigy of Gork or Mork, um, in the middle of the pitch. Uh, The crowd, in reverence, kind of power it, which is a very orc thing. That is a very um, orc thing. Yeah, and... He just punches everyone around him um if he does really well if all of the blocks are successful then he then fouls all the adjacent players in turn <laughs> so he keeps going and he has dirty player on that and he doubles will end the spell but not cause a turnover um and then if the shaman is still alive and at least one casualty was caused by feral foul the whole orc team buoyed on by seeing their idol wreak havoc they all gain favorite fan favorite. so very unlikely to happen that you get every single block and every single foul <laughs> well does the blocks does it scatter or is it from a specific spot it's from it's a... everyone around him yeah so you uh
0: so you can just choose something where it's going to knock out two guys so it could genuinely work if it's going to cause a casualty and then you yeah, get fan favorite actually, as yeah. well i like yeah. from a design point of view the fact that the 2d6 used to cast
1: also determines the strength yeah, I like that. It feels very, there seems like a lot of design taken from like Warhammer or 40k. In yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah, where it's kind of like, you know, the Winds of Magic and stuff. Oh, mm. that is brilliant. I do. Yeah. I,
0: I think we also had somebody else uh, had a spell with a giant magic foot. And I think in Warhammer yes. Fantasy Battle, there was a spell that was. A of gawk. Yeah, foot of Gork. Yep, foot of Gork. That was it. <laughs> and it just went boom and stomped on a bunch of units. And this is doing that on the Blood Bowl
1: pitch. Uh, mm. so I love that. That was really cool. Um, yeah. I just really like all the crowd influence. I thought that was really cool. Really cool to remember because Wizards are awesome and they would be awesome I to watch. also like the crowd influence. I think that is really good. Okay, yeah.
0: uh, my next one was from Porter Sorter. Uh I think it, that's Twitter. Um, and I, I love this one for many reasons and we'll talk, <laughs> we'll talk through it. Hopefully you guys out there will figure it out. Uh, so the spell is called Well, it's not really a spell, it's an Extraordinary Coaching Staff, so it's a wizard called Venk Peterman. Okay, Venk Peterman is no wizard, nor did he have any interest in Blood Bowl until very recently. A gnomish scientist come wraith hunter Venk uses arcane technology to harness the power of lightning to banish wraithkind back into the ethereal realm. After chasing members of the Coffin-Botherers necromantic team onto the field during last season's playoff for the casual league of Intrigue and subsequently disintegrating half of the offense, he caught the attention of many a spectating coach. Fast forward a few years and Venk is a regular hire for underdog teams in the Old World Bowl. During one such game, with a view to double his going rate, Venk fires up two of his contraptions only to lose control of them and merge the beams in the middle of the pitch. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Reality tour and a rift of the Ethereal Realm opened up on the line of scrimmage, much to the amazement of the fans and the frustration of the players sucked into it. Venk hasn't been seen in the stadium of the Old World Bowl since, though, and tales speak of a red and white caravan touting services to Blood Bowl teams across the land. Venk takes up your team's wizard slot and can only be used once per game as per standard wizards. He has two spells available. Number one, Lightning Ray. Select a player... Uh, as a target and roll 4 plus for the player to be knocked down roll for armour and injury as though hit by a mighty blow on the 1 to 3 uh, on the 1 to 3 instead scatter them 2d3 from the target square <laughs> Oh No, on a roll of 1-3, to scatter 2d3 from the target square, then a rift into the ethereal realm opens up within (laughs) this square and remains there for the rest of the drive. If there is a player within this square, then they are treated as though pushed into the crowd. Subsequently, any player who has moved into the rift through a block shall also be treated as having been pushed into the crowd. Okay, Mm -hmm. so... Right, and the next one is merging the beams. Uh select a target square to intentionally open an ethereal rift two plus to be successful, then scatter d6 from the target square and designate that square as being occupied by an ethereal rift. The rift remains there for the rest of the drive.
1: So this sounds like <laughs> it could this sounds like it could have existed in the eighties with Games Workshop and Blood Bowl. <laughs> like taking a pop popular Ghostbusters reference. Absolutely. <laughs> Just
0: farming the Ghostbusters reference. I haven't actually seen yeah. any Ghostbusters references in Blood Bowl. So I just yeah. I thought it was really cool. Touring the world. Like, I love the fluff behind it. And actually... you've Name. Got, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Peter Venkman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Venk Peterman. And mm. uh, just... It's a useful skill. And a 4-plus smashing a guy to the ground with Mighty Blow. It's like a bad fireball. Uh, but then... <laughs> You've got this ethereal rift that just creates one danger hex, one square of death on the pitch, um, which is a really its a really gentle mechanic that massively affects the game because then you've got a bunch of squares around this extra crowd bit that it has a massive effect on the pitch. I know this because we did this when we were trying terrain rules out right at the beginning. We had a pitch with yeah. some holes in, and uh, it, the game just turned into Lewis and Ian pushing each other's players down the holes. And I've <laughs> been having, having something awesome. like this in the middle of the pitch. It's going to be huge.
1: Yeah. I... Shove, shove the enemy players into the ethereal realm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just bop them into the great. crowd from the middle yeah. of the pitch. I love that. That was great. That was from Porter Sorter. Yeah, thank you. That was awesome. Uh, my last one. Oh, this was cool. My final one is from Steve. Steve Wolfhard. So I'll just go over to this. Now... This this was awesome. So he submitted three. And I believe it was three. It's at least three. I, yeah, I think um, it's three. Yeah. Uh yeah, so he he's drawn some artwork for them, which is awesome. It's really cool. Like I mentioned sort of an adventure timey kind of aesthetic and the goblins above. This is kind of like that, but in two D. Um will have to share these. Uh because they're very cool. Um, yeah, so he's got three wizards. He has the uh, the halfling spicy chef, the chili wizard, <laughs> <laughs> a hedge witch, and also probably my favourite, the Larmian medium. Larmian medium was Larmian. The
0: name yeah. itself is brilliant.
1: It's very cleverly done. So he's a. Uh, sorry, I've got to scroll through the many pages that we have uh many many yeah the, <laughs> the lamian medium so this is probably my favorite um he's drawn a nice picture of a vampire looking into a crystal ball with a NAF almanac in hand um very clever on the name so it's 150k spell possession available to all teams so he comes from the eerie city of lamia he's got a crystal ball a 30 year old sports almanac and i promise to bring forgotten stars of old to your team <laughs> His his feats are met with astonishment and cries of, I haven't heard of any of these guys. <laughs> At the start of a turn, choose a player to attempt to possess. Roll a D8 to see which will possess the player. The player's stats will be replaced with the stats of the dead player until the end of the drive. So you have uh, on a 1, the possession failed and the player is knocked out. 2, you get Dinkle Sprinkles, a halfling hopeful with lona. 2, you have Benji Boots Biles and Nurgle Rotter with Dirty Player, Foul Appearance and lona uh yeah on a 4 you have thud a troll with grab break tackle no really stupid yeah but he has got lona awesome so kind of like a ripper yeah mini ripper um yep 5 you get scrape scrambles a skaven line rat with plus 1 movement wrestle and lona 6 Cause cramrock a dwarf longbeard with guard stand firm and lona 7 hildegard shank dark elf assassin with jump up side step and lona and H, you have Glade Viridian, a Wood Elf lineman with dodge, catch, and loner. And before attempting any action, the possessed player must roll a d6. On a 1, the player's link to the other side falters, and they momentarily get confused. Basically bonehead. When the drive ends, all the possessed players remove removed from the pitch. The possession lifts, and the player returns to normal. Oh. Now, I just thought this was, again, really interesting. And the design was just <laughs> 10 out of 10. Like, the name is just <laughs> awesome. The art is great. Like... Oh, it it's just makes me very happy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just the the theme, and you could do you could do this with like your local league if you wanted to. Like, I really like the the names he's given and the players, and having the you know each one kind of gets progressively a little bit more useful. Actually, no, the the troll should be the best one. But um, <laughs> yeah, you are. Uh, One and two are a bit rubbish, but the rest of it, like, all of it will be useful if you're upgrading
0: a random lineman to a movement eight Skaven or a wood elf or whatever. It's going to
1: be useful. Yeah. And they've got some cool skills as well. Yeah, I I, I just love it. And yeah, like I was saying, if you had your league, like, what what an awesome way to have some legacy players. You could be like, I I possess, like, my Skaven Blitzer from the days of old. (laughs)
0: right i'm just going to bounce across back to the other screen so those of you who are watching the stream can see the artwork there of the larmian medium
1: it's <laughs> fantastic
0: it's so good <laughs> it's just really well done i really uh, that's a, that is brilliant and like you said ben having the random element what we've done is we've got a spell that is introducing almost eight star players as
1: well yeah uh, it's just yeah. really clever it is really clever a really clever take on having a wizard. Okay. Yeah, I really liked it. Right. I've got
0: to try and figure out... Uh, oh, that one there. Okay. We can do this. I've got I've got this here. I've got the artwork for this one. So mine is... Uh, this is from Dan Maskell. So there were, like Ben said, an absolute ton of great entries. And I think we'll probably talk about some of our other highlights in a minute before we... Before we do the roll. Um, yeah. But let's get this up to there. Press F11 and we're going to swap the screen over again just so I can show this one off.
1: There
0: we go. So Dan Maskell has uh, or Maskell I'm not sure I'm sorry if I'm saying your name right was the Gaunt Summoner of Zinch. Okay so it's more than just a spell it's a wizard that has all kinds of things as well. Uh, There are but nine Gaunt summoners, one of the most powerful orders of sorcerers dedicated to Zeench. Gazing into infinity with a myriad of glistening eyes, a Gaunt summoner calls forth demons from the Realm of Chaos. Once per game, the Gaunt summoner may either use the Book of Profane Secrets or attack with a warp Tongue Blade. The summoner may choose an unoccupied target square anywhere within their team's own half at the start of their turn before any player performs an action or immediately after their team's turn has ended, even if it ends with a turnover the gaunt summoner pops into existence within the chosen square so normal wizard timing you choose a square and you place the gaunt summoner um eeny meeny miny mo. the gaunt summoner has a disturbing presence and mystic shield that prevents any interaction with it during play its tackle zones are active as normal okay so that's useful so you get this player The player is uh doesn't have any stats because he can't do anything so it's got two spells the book of profane secrets Whispering fell incantations, a gaunt summoner can temporarily divert the path of a realm gate, allowing malefic chaos entities to manifest on the pitch. A chaos fury pops into existence above the gaunt summoner, uh, neatly dressed as a football, wings clipped, it lands to scatter randomly using the scatter template, roll the eight-sided dice once for direction of scatter, and... 6 to find out how many squares the Fury goes. The Fury is considered both an official ball and a player playing for the Gaunt Summoner's team. The Fury may only perform a move action at the start of their team's turn. The Fury will, if possible, attempt to run for a touchdown at every opportunity. It will take the shortest path available and attempt its full movement allowance. Uh, the Fury can be blocked by either side. If the Fury's armour is broken at any time, it zaps out of existence and the ball skin will whiz through the air and enters the crowd the fury will not cause a turnover if the armor is broken by a player's action the player will suffer a temporary mutation so he's got a little mutation chart here as well um Mm -hmm. and both the gaunt summoner and the fury simultaneously disappear should the fury leave the pitch or score so basically you get a ball that is a player that can then move up um it's got a great little breakdown of that it's it talks about landing the rules details great Uh, the other bit is the warp tongue blade so those cut by a warp tongue blade soon find their bodies racked with sickening and uncontrollable mutations roll one dice to hit each standing player from any team uh, that is in a square adjacent to the Gaunt Summoner. If the to hit roll is three or more, then roll on the mutation table. If it is two or less, he manages to dodge the attack. And the Fury comes to the stats 6237, loan to dodge, stunty, right stuff. So you can actually throw the ball through the air as well. But, the thi- so we've got a player, we've got a wizard on the pitch, which is very exciting for me. You've got random mutations, you've got choice of having a, a weird ball that does its own thing or a stabby magician. On top of that, he's done an incredibly good job with the graphics. I don't know if uh, this is robbed from somewhere else. I I don't know. I don't believe it is. Um, Uh, Yeah, I think he's made it. It looks awesome. It looks like something out of a spike, to be honest with you. Yeah, very cleverly done. And I think, for me, the extra point there is 260,000 gold available to Chaos Renegades, Underworld Denizens, and Zinch teams. So, yeah, like you said earlier, Ben, (laughs) get in as I've got a changer of Zeech right here, uh,
1: getting your secret yeah. team pride in. So good. Yeah, we love our secret so, team. So cool. I'm really impressed with that one as well. Yeah, awesome. And just going above and beyond with the design as well. Really, really cool. It's just so cool to see some of the, the great work that's gone into this.
0: And talking of great work, I think, is there is there any other honorable mentions you want to get in now, Ben, even if it's just- I mean, Yeah, there's, I, there's so I will give an honorable comments.
1: mention. Um, so one that got, gave me a good chuckle was, uh, from Thick Legs, uh, the helpful cat. <laughs> yes, this was great. So it's a 200k wizard. Um, cats are known for helping in their own special way. They don't care about rules. So they don't expect that you'll be able to control it. Summon them at your own risk. Roll a D6 on a 2+. plus. Put a cat of suitable size on the pitch for one minute. Every model knocked over is stunned and every model that gets knocked off the pitch is badly hurt. Now, I've, I've played d at my friends who has a cat who loves to just jump up on the table and knock everything off. So this, this really did make me think of that. And, uh, no, I thought that was great as well. Yeah. Um, i got a couple of other ones
0: just to mention. I'm not going to read them out, but uh, GNGR noob uh, had a halfling buffet table, swarm of snotlings, nobby knobs had a spell that basically turned one of his players into another yeti because you guys may know that uh, <laughs> <laughs> if he's a big yeti fan, thick legs again, had a squig only wizard as well for squig teams because he's a big fan of squigs. Um, there's just so many to mention. Stevie one, two, six as ever pulled it out, had an app literally Hogwarts level amount of spells Uh, which I thought was really really cool Tom Ashworth Ashworth had a clever slow motion replay spell which was basically when your player does a thing that earns them SPP you can use that spell, you can roll the dice again and if you complete the action again you get extra SPP because basically Cabal Vision is watching and they show the slow motion replay for extra effect they get extra, extra SPP which I thought was really clever that is awesome uh, we had some crazy other stuff. We had a Sharknado. Uh, we got loads of Weather Wizards. Uh, who Let the Squigs Out? Uh, there's Portal Guns. Uh, Vile Tide. Uh, Merlin's Assistant. Actual Merlin. Uh, there was just so many great ones. So if I'm not mentioning yours, I'm really sorry. We had a Mimic Monsters. Movie Montage. <laughs> it was just awesome.
1: Yeah, so many.
0: Uh, they were just so, so, so good. But uh, we've got we've got our, our top our top six, which was very, very, very tough. So Ben, I've got it on the on the Google sheet we've got here. So Matt's BBR will be one. Orc Shaman by Puckster will be two. St- 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 Big Mech will be Big Met milked with the Twin Tail Comet will be three. Um, Alarmy Medium will be four. Uh, Venk Peterman by Porter Sorcerer will be five. And Zeph, no, nope, uh, Gerger Damaskal with Gaunt Summoner. Uh, I've got a dice here. Are you happy for me to roll it? Yep. Seven Super Series dice. Here we go. It is a number two, and I'm gonna to have to go back as I can't remember what that was. Now it was Pugster with the Orc Shaman that summoning Gork and Mork. Brilliant! So congratulations to Pugster. Seriously, great effort by so many people out there. Like, yeah, s- thank you so really much. Really good. It's great to see those designs. Uh, Pugster, get in contact, and uh, we will send you your very own Underworld team, uh, which is pretty cool yeah congrats the best thing about the underworld team is now it has gutter runners and that is a good thing now in 2020 rather than the horrible bitterness that people suffered in the 2016 change so <laughs> that is cool and talking about gutter runners we're going to take a tiny break going to come back with my skaven game uh, to talk about my first depressions of blood bowl 2020 So we've talked a load about Blood Bowl 2020. We talked about a bunch of teams. And two of the teams that were probably well, one of the teams that was definitely the most divisive is the change to the Wood Elf team, um, where the passing stats been introduced and elves can no longer throw as well as elves. They're basically throwing on agility two most of the time now. Plus, we had price increases and things changed. So the meta looks to have slightly changed. I think Skaven came out of that pretty well with a decent thrower. Their thrower basically now throws at edge four. And the Wood Elves had a bit of a tough time because we had some changes to Leap. So uh, we got to play for the first night at Club Night again, which was really cool. Uh, just a few of us. I mentioned it earlier. So I got to play against Simon. Simon got his Wood Elves out. And uh, we had a go with the 2020 rules. So mm. I know I said at the beginning that what we, we, we planned to do for this episode was to talk through some other stuff we'd discovered. But actually, it seemed much more fitting to talk about how I found the first game. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the first thing, Ben, that I don't think we really... I don't think we really approached was the, the costs of players and things. So yeah, we hadn't really, we hadn't really like crafted any builds, had we? No. I think that's something that we're going to have to spend some time on because, yeah. even though the players only got five to ten k more expensive realistically, I mean the war dancers went up five uh, the, k, the, the scaven throw went up fifteen k, um, and I think the gutters went up five k as well. Honestly, the cost increases reduce what you start with. Um, basically, Simon mm. could only fit in two dancers. Two answers, nine linemen, and two re rolls. That was the entire team. Wow. And that's uh,
1: restricted.
0: Yeah, I mean, wood elves are expensive anyway. Uh, yep. But I think you used to be able to get a thrower and a catcher in there as well um, to right. start out with. Not so much. Just, just the, just the linemen and two re rolls. Um, I took four gutters, two blitzers, one thrower, three re rolls. But I didn't have enough left over for the twelfth player or an apothecary. So. That again is a big vulnerability when it comes to Skaven. And um, uh, old Sam Frenzy Garner was there as well, and he sort of swung by and he was like, Are "You defended with four gut- four gutter runners on the pitch." I was like, "Yeah, I don't actually have a spare lineman. Normally, I drop a lineman, um, you know, on the bench, and then for for defense, I'd run two or three gutters and have those extra line rats there to to be stronger and do the defense." So it actually felt uh, like we were playing. <laughs> Honestly, it felt like we were playing at like 900k historically it just felt like we
1: were having a, 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 a i don't know a poorer match um i was going to say did it feel kind of closer into design or in terms of construction on the list did it feel closer to sevens almost with stuff being more expensive and did it has def- that premium it definitely had that element of
0: i cannot get everybody i want here yeah uh, you know I went with the three re-rolls. I could have dropped a re-roll and taken the extra lineman or whatever. I probably could have taken an extra lineman and an apothecary, but two re-rolls. Now, with the passing uh, being reduced, most people are now passing on a four plus or a five plus rather than, you know, historically like a three plus on a quick pass or something like that. Uh, I thought, right, well, if I'm going to need to do this, I'm going to, need to, I'm going to need those re-rolls. And because of the way I play Skaven, which is kind of recklessly, um, I like having those re-rolls there as well. So, yeah. The cost increase is really going to change up, I think, starting teams. Now, it's probably more appropriate to say that this was, uh, we just started as if we were doing a league. So 1, 000, uh, 1 million gold. Uh, and we were kind of having that league build in mind because I think that's where we're going to find Blood Bowl being played. Um, oh, dear. I seem to have lost the background. Um, I, I just think that's, it was the appropriate thing to do to try out the rules. Ah, there we go. Let's do this there we go i forgot to set the background on loop disgraceful okay (laughs) so my first thing was oh everybody lost it feels like you lost 50k okay so you're building a league team now with less money and we've both been there with an elf team or a pricey team where you're like right i'll start with this and then my first two games i really need to save up cash
1: yeah the good
0: news is that with the way um Fan factor now works which has changed so it's not like that you get fame and you get extra money and then you just get a random amount of money the money is balanced out so you will get realistically 30 40 50 each game regardless of whether you win or lose and if you score more touchdowns you get more gold uh whereas which is good and bad but it definitely feels like this edition of blood bowl is geared more towards scoring
1: yeah I guess I'll get it might make it a bit easier to get that apothecary later rather than sooner then and although you might want to get it sooner if you've got less players but that's it that was the really yeah. tough thing
0: was like I'm going to yeah. end up skaven you end up with nine players on the pitch it doesn't matter what you do and having those extra one or that extra apothecary to keep somebody safe is really important now yeah it worked on the other side with the wood elves uh with the linemen and war dancers yeah agility two plus everywhere leap is still great having a blodge piece is also really 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 good Uh, but you got no throwing game at all like four plus uh i don't think simon bothered passing and he did say uh, he said i wish i'd taken one less reroll and taken a thrower so i could have yeah just had that extra speed which was they've become more essential now uh, it's really interesting. Like that was definitely it. Definitely felt
1: um, restricted.
0: From do you a reckon that? W-
1: I mean, we might, we might get more into this later, and feel free to stop me. If, no, if that's, that's, that's the case. No. Um, would you say that him? Would you say that if you're up against a wood elf team, if you take out the thrower, you're going to really hurt their team?
0: Um, I don't do do think they'll that be able. Essential? I
1: don't think they'll be able to afford a thrower. Team. No, it, it's not.
0: <clears throat> so the thing about throwing is historically you could use a throw to to make your players faster so with uh with a gutter runner chuck into another gutter runner you could have that really uh, that stretch play without rolling the extra go for it or without you know from three squares away now wood elves are still fast their linemen are seven their dancers are eight so you've still got a ton of speed but the pass used to be for edge four teams a second handoff realistically that's what it was whether it was gutter to a gutter or an elf to an elf you had two handoffs a turn to maneuver so you could cover you know with with gutters you could cover 20 squares easy you know Mm -hmm. you have to do a little run around in the backfield do a quick shovel pass move him up hand off to somebody else go for the score like you could just do that with um three two plus rolls now that pass being a four plus Well, I had a situation where I tried to make a pass with a gutter runner and I had to take a go for it just to make, just um, as I was four squares away. Now, historically with a gutter runner, that's a three plus pass. That's a doddle. But three square, uh, sorry, four squares away now is a five plus with a gutter runner. (laughs) Don't take that. I was just, that was horrific. I was like, oh, that is a a real thing. Um, But on throwing, throwers, Skaven, throwing on a two plus was lush um catching on a two plus still with the girls exactly so the thrower now becomes that that real interesting piece so it's really it's really clever the way that historically Blood Bowl has been all players just in a scrum in for themselves now you've got the thrower who really is the only one that can throw everybody else can do it but it, it it really feels like you do not want to throw with anybody else except a thrower, now you're incentivized to throw with a thrower because normally it's a two plus, maybe a three plus, and you're normally got you've got the pass skill for a re-roll. So I think it's really weird. I, I think I posted this either in the in the Discord last week or on social media. I can't remember what I did, but uh, it was about right. Do we think? Because I was thinking about this game with Simon. I was like, do we think with leap being nerfed, which we'll talk about in a second, and with passing being nerfed from a defensive point of view? Though we're going to see less defensive turn turnover touchdowns, and with passing being better on the offense, um, and with jumping over prone players, we're going to see better essentially offensive drives. Um, mm. oh, that's why my original thought. <laughs> however, uh, the game ended up two all, and two of those yeah. touchdowns were defensive. So, Simon, wow, okay, yeah, Simon, I started the game and broke my serve. Uh, just did dancer in, killed some dudes, and. Honestly, not being able to throw with a gutter slows down that initial drive. So normally I like to move up six, seven squares and create a launch pad. Actually, I couldn't do it that far because I couldn't use the pass on a gutter runner to, to stretch the play. And then I did still get leaped. Leapt? Leaped? I got leaped. It's, it's leaped. Uh, yeah. Our leap is less effective, but it is still good. So, they're well,
1: so still great, aren't
0: they? They're still really good. So, this is yeah. something that a lot of people worried about was that the fact that leap is now minus one uh, for each tackle zone you're jumping out of or into, whichever is greater. That's jumping. That's leaping. But leaping, you basically get plus one to it. So, or at least you reduce the negative modifiers down. Um, so, if you're jumping from two tackle zones into two tackle zones, it would be a minus two, but it's reduced to a minus one for a leap. So a ward answer is still jumping into two tackle zones on a 3 plus four ta- uh, three tackle zones on a 4 plus so you can still do it it's just not yeah. it's just not guaranteed it's just not 3 plus infinity into a box for the players you've got to you've got to sweep and try and clear out or at least dodge into the corner of a cage or dodge into instead of like the historical like i'm just going to run this guy jump in there take a two die up block and see how it goes you mm-hmm. you can't you can't do that you have to position your leap so interesting it, it is worse but it just feels fairer and that's I think yeah. that's why i put in my notes here uh war dancers are still excellent but leap just feels fairer and gutter runners passing at edge two also
1: just felt fairer um overall do you think because these are two tier one you know top yeah, teams that's why we're so excited like, yeah do you feel like both of them felt toned down a bit then
0: yeah they absolutely yeah. did and it wasn't bad um it didn't feel bad. We, I still did some... We, he did some ridiculous answer elf nonsense. I... <laughs> a great moment. An absolutely great moment in the second half. Um, I positioned my team. He had the ball in his own backfield. Like, and the only thing I could do, literally the last activation of the turn, was like, right, I'm just going to stand up this gutter runner, take a two-die blitz. I'm next to his answer it will be fine. <laughs> pow, pow. <laughs> dropped him down the ball scattered around a bunch of players uh including on the corpse of the wall dancer into the blitzing skavens hands uh who oh, then wow. just triple dodged out there <laughs> for a touchdown it was, it was ridiculous it was classic skavening um so they can yeah. still skaven but your offense got worse defense is okay but that stretch play of the pass is now significantly worse um mm-hmm. And you know what, I think that's better because I did try some classic Skaven stuff and it it failed twice. So what could have been like a 4-4 ended up as a 2-2. So there are more touchdowns, but it it doesn't feel like an absolute ransacking. Yeah.
1: Which is really useful. It's, Um, It's interesting you say that just because the offense of these, you know, highly offensive teams getting worse, maybe that will... Allow the more traditional KG stall Bashir teams to play a bit more offensively, knowing that the incoming offense isn't going to be quite the same threat as it used to be.
0: It is going to be interesting. Reckon? I I I think I think it's taken a bit like it's been smoothed out. Blood Bowl feels like it's been smoothed out now. Skaven versus Wood Elves is normally a tough game and. I know how to defend with Skaven, and Simon knows how to defend with Wood Elves, or well, historically. So it was a really good chess match of a Blood Bowl game with some real top guns. Um, it just felt like we were playing with a slightly hard, harder difficulty mode. Uh, so I think if you're playing Wood Elves against humans, uh, it's going to level that playing field again. So you could see a mm-hmm. 2-1 kind of game against humans. Uh, so yeah, I think like the slower teams are going to have a slightly better time of it because what essentially has happened with the passing being reduced is scoring takes one more turn. You might get a really good... Historically, you could have got a really good opportunity to go for a stretch play and it's going to be a 2-plus or a 3-plus pass as well. So it's basically, a right, I've got a 2-plus, 3-plus, 2-plus touchdown here. Just got to go all the way around. Like that would happen and you could probably squeak out a cheeky touchdown. Now it's going to be a 2-plus, 5-plus touchdown. Which is yeah. which is just people aren't just gonna they're not gonna take that they're not gonna gamble on a five plus unless it's the end of the game. I think it's gonna lead to uh slightly slower drives, probably more touchdowns overall, and uh I think less well when the exciting things work they're gonna be more exciting,
1: yeah, and that's kind of what i was oh, I, I was then before where it's like. Now that this threat of a one or two turner might not be there because it's going to be more difficult to get those quick turns, yeah, maybe because obviously the big thing at the moment in the community, if you follow social media and Blood Bowl, um, it, a lot of people are still talking about stalling. Oh, yes, because obviously it was going to be like we're going <laughs> to they're going to address it. Stalling has been like clarified as to what it is. A lot of polls like, do you like it? Do you not? Do you think it should be there? But then if you're saying that. These offensive teams kind of feel like they have to take an extra turn to score. Yeah, maybe you're naturally going to see less stalling anyway because you no longer have to just burn out their turn and give them only one turn to do it.
0: Honestly, quite I mean, possibly. I would like to see yeah. that, but I think it might and just mean that touchdowns.
1: Yeah, and touchdowns are more rewarded, so you've got incentive to just score because you said there's get more rewards. That is exactly it. You're going to score. You're going to
0: earn more gold for scoring touchdowns. You've got less barriers with regards to jumping over players. I don't know. I think it's just different. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's slightly more balanced out and just slightly different. Um, One thing I absolutely love though is the new kickoff tables. Yeah. Dude, you've been there. You've been blitzed. (laughs) Oh, every game. (laughs) Yeah, and with Woodells and Skaven, a, a blitz is like is a touchdown historically <laughs> yeah. uh, because they're going to punch through, they're going to control that ball and then they're already within scoring distance. Um, yeah. Blitz is gone, man. This whole 2D, this whole D3 plus 3 is just way fairer. Uh, we didn't actually yeah. roll a Blitz. We rolled all the other ones though. Uh, but moving D3 plus 3 players instead, it, it again, it just feels fairer. Um, yeah. It's I'll not like, oh, up. you get to redo this or you get to move everybody. No, you get to move up to six of your guys. And I just... I really liked it. I liked all of them. It was weird having weather on an eight, uh, but we kept rolling it anyway, <laughs> so it didn't yeah.
1: matter. That is, like, it seems that like you kind of just mix them around to keep it the same, do you know what I mean? Like... Yeah, so we didn't roll a single seven, uh, so we didn't okay.
0: get to roll on the nuffle table, uh, which would have been yeah. quite cool. We didn't get to roll on it. It's oh, just it's Most likely to roll seven, aren't you? Well, yeah, exactly. But we didn't. Yeah. We just rolled a couple of eights and a bunch of Good. nines and stuff. Um, And then a whole load of Wands and Skulls, which when you're playing Elves and Skaven, they really hurt. Um, Yeah. So, like the kickoff tables, I like the fact that building the team got a little bit harder, and now we need to really spend some time looking at all the teams. uh, Because there are some teams that are going to start basically one or two matches ahead, to others, so I felt like the Skaven and the Woodolf team are starting a match behind, gold-wise, and I think something like Nurgle, who's had a, an overall price decrease, are going to start one or two games ahead in a league with more loot.
1: I think okay. that's I think that's really good as well. Good, yeah, because we were saying Nurgle kind of got the shrine in the stick. You
0: know? uh, yeah, I think <laughs> that cost element is going to be really good, and I think the teams that have stayed the same price, so I think the Orc teams basically stayed the same, uh, okay. they're going to be at a good spot as well. Um yeah. Very interesting. Uh, You don't even know this until you play a game. No, that's it. That's why it was so exciting to get to the table. So throwing definitely felt restrictive, led to more desperate plays, but didn't pan out. Uh, Having the 2-plus option via the thrower felt really good. Um, Simon actually wished he'd dropped a reroll for a thrower just to give him that extra element. I think the two rerolls is better for a league build, but Mm -hmm. thrower for fun. Uh, Game ended 2-2 with one defensive touch at each. answers are still great. Leap feels fairer. Adj2 gutters felt fairer. The game feels crunchier, but that might be just from having to forget all the old throwing numbers and forget all the old tactics. Yeah. Uh, It definitely, we were kind of like, right. We had to think about stuff because I I think it is just from playing for years and years and years of uh, this guy is 2-plus throwing here. uh, Just making everything... um, just trying to unlearn everything you've learned
1: from years of playing. Yeah, new additions like often feel that way. I think, yeah. and then they just become sort of second nature. Oh
0: gosh, yeah, it, it, it yeah. you know the first half was like right, so everybody's a four plus. It, it became quite easy. Uh, Armor, you know, hasn't actually changed. I didn't feel any different. Um, nothing else really changed and the gate. Yeah, it just. The thought of, of cramming in the passing stats for each individual player type for all the rest of the teams actually does make my head hurt uh, a little bit now. I was thinking about it. I was like, yeah. Right, we've got to look at the build for every single team, and then every single player might arbitrarily have a better or worse passing stat compared to its agility. Like the Blitzer, for example, only throws on a 5 plus, and it's like. Right, everybody else is a four plus, but the Blitz is not. I think it's going to lead to lots of games where you're like, okay, this Blitz is going to make a pass. I'm going to have to check what its passing stat is, and I think, oh no, yeah, I think for the <laughs> five, I think for those guys with the five, you're just never going to pass with them, and I think yeah, a four, a four is 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 bad news too. Um, but I tell you what, it was great to get on the pitch again. And I am really interested to see how the meta pans out. And, and, you know, they've got tierings and Wood Elves are still clearly tier tier one. But I just, historically, if you were taking an Orc team, or I don't know, you were taking an Orc team against Wood Elves, you were like, oh, this is going to be tough. Uh, You know, but it's not, I don't think there's going to be the auto wins. I think think this does actually, I think it ramps up player ability, which I don't think we thought it would.
1: Yeah, that's really good to know. That's really good to hear, actually. Yeah,
0: but like... I I do genuinely think the
1: better the player you are, you are going to have the advantage. Uh, it's just going to be slightly tougher, but it's quite cool actually. Like in terms of like a from a tournament perspective, at least, right? Dude, from like, a that's... tournament point yeah. of view, this is really really exciting because I think there are going
0: to be some tier two teams that just feel way better, or at least way more cohesive. Humans, they're going to be able to afford throwers and catchers and 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 blitzers. They're going to be able to afford that and re-rolls, mm-hmm. which means that you can take a wood elf team and all your players are very dodgy, uh, and they can do stuff, or you can take a human team where you've got players that can do everything. So you've got a catcher yeah. that's going to be able to catch and run far. You're going to throw is going to be able to make a very good throw. And you've got blitzers that can still do stuff. I I That's I, awesome. Yeah, man. I, I get why humans are tier one, I think. Um yeah we all thought it was jokingly because of the halfling but actually i think it is just because they can start out of the gate at a million doing everything um and i think i'm not going to overstate how important passing is because you shouldn't be passing technically if you want to play a tight game and win the game uh but it can make all the difference
1: having a dude that passes with plus two compared to anybody else (laughs) yeah i mean Teams that would normally not be able to pass that well, some of them just now pass better, and they pass like an elf. That's they it. Did. And like I, I played high elves, and I know how good an elf pass can be. Obviously, theirs is a little bit stronger than most, but like I got a lot of touchdowns and and stuff from from the pass plays. So don't, I, I not I know you're reserved, and I'm I'm definitely not. Uh, <laughs> but I I would never rule out a pass play. Actually um... now. I think it just <laughs> it changes that quick pass.
0: I think it's all going to be about the quick yeah. pass. Because yeah, I think hi- so, yeah.
1: historically,
0: you would take a go for it to do a handoff, wouldn't you?
1: Yes, yeah, you would.
0: I'm you not going to take the quick pass. I'm just going to take a go for it and then do the handoff. It's 2 plus 2 plus. That's now a quick pass with every thrower ever. That's not true, actually. You know, <laughs> There are a lot of throwers <laughs> out there. The human thrower, the skaven thrower... Elf throwers who are two plus, which means that they don't have to go for it anymore because it's exactly the same stats. They just get an integral re-roll. So the human yeah. thrower now goes to a movement nine player doing a handoff, essentially, with a go for it. It's, it's the same. A go for it or a quick pass is the same with a human thrower, except they have, you know, honorary sure feet for that move. Yeah. And it doesn't actually it affect gets, your handoff. It gets your SPP as well. And it does, yes. So I actually think yeah. it's going to be more exciting. Um, yeah from a throwing point of view, I do think it's going to be about offensive set plays and it's going to be, it's a different Blood Bowl. It's a different Blood Bowl. It's a slightly less bright and shiny Blood Bowl, I, but I think it's a fairer one and it's going to be more of a, a thinky game. But uh, then again, you've got goblins, you've got snotlings, you've got silly stuff too. Yeah. So it's, Definitely. there's going to be some grinds. There's going to be some really good games out there. And that is, that's that's such a good result. Yeah. Still feels like Blood Bowl. Oh, absolutely still feels like Blood Bowl. Teams are still teams. Uh, it just feels like a a, a different season. Uh, you know, it's it's fair. It's what we've been talking about for ages. They should introduce something to shake up the meta a little bit, and they've done it. And it's still oh, yeah. Blood Bowl. It's just slightly different. Um, you know, your, your cast of characters are still there. It's just they've had a year of development. Uh, you know, Wolf <laughs> just got better. Um, so, yeah. Right, that, that is it for my recap of my, my Blood Bowl 2020 game. We're going to be coming at oh, you with yeah. more content soon, hopefully with team builds and other things we've found out. Uh, we've got Snotlings coming up next week, so look out for that. Um, ben, as ever, thank you very much for joining me to chat some Blood Bowl. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Good fun. Great fun, and uh, thank you all so much for your wizard submissions. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, just insanely good work, and I'm loving the short stories that are coming in as well. You've still got ages we're not closing it till yeah. the end of september so big please one, so. don't don't give up and it's if you want to write two or three stories that's absolutely fine too because we love reading them um so yeah that is great thanks very much for joining us and uh, we will catch you again very very soon bye-bye for now